Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. CeraVe facial moisturizers with SPF protect skin against damaging UV rays and continuously deliver three essential ceramides to help restore skin's protective barrier so it can lock in moisture. Non-greasy, fragrance-free, and won't clog pores? With CeraVe, skin feels hydrated and looks healthy all day. CeraVe facial moisturizers with SPF from the number one dermatologist recommended facial moisturizer brand. How to Grow Herbs, a tea break tutorial with me, Alan Titchmarsh. I love herbs. They're all over the place in our garden. I mean, they're star players in the kitchen and in the garden. They're beautiful for the most part. They're fragrant, always. Tasty. Unhealthy and they're ultra versatile. The Olympic decathlete of the plant world, if you like. Think Jessica Ennis or Daly Thompson, but younger. And with leaves. Herbs are essential to so many recipes. They they simply make the dish. I mean Think of potato salad without chives. It's just potatoes in mayonnaise, isn't it? Fish pie without that glorious garnish of parsley. Fish and mash then, isn't it? Roast lamb or pims without mint and roast lamb without rosemary. You get me drift. I mean, herbs, they're not merely a garnish, but the accents that make food sing, they're every bit as much of the flavour as the main dish itself. In the garden, you can see it, can't you, in your mind's eye, that purple haze of lavender. And it just hums with bees on a, a sunny afternoon. What a sight to behold. And lavender's also a smell to savour as you brush past it on the edge of the path. I'm always amused at the fact that the leaves smell to me like those mentholyptus sweets, not like lavender at all. Uh, but pyramids of Laurus Nobilis, the victor's laurel that they used to put round the heads of heroes in Roman times, glossy leaf bay tree. They're features in my garden at home too. I've got so much topiary, it takes me blooming hours to cut the stuff, but it's worth it. And at least when you're pruning bay, you can eat your flavour with the trimmings. And, you know, I've got enough leaves of bay to make bouquet garni for half our village, I can tell you. And also, a lot of people tend to think of basil as something you use with tomatoes. Well, my favourite is basil with carrots. When you've boiled and buttered your carrots, just try chopping some basil leaves over them as well. Oh, you'll say, I never thought of that. Well, true. I should copyright that, really, shouldn't I? Basil leaves with carrots. And, of course, the herbs have masses of medicinal uses. They're elevating and, and comforting in baths, you know, sprig of rosemary tied underneath your tap. 
and in teas, or if you want to be like Hercule Poirot, tisanes, some are also great allies in the gun. They deter common pests by virtue often of their aromas that threaten your veg patch. So they're excellent for companion planting where one plant is helping the health of another. Plus, herbs are really easy to grow once you know what you're doing. So what counts as a herb? Oh, goodness me. Well, it's any plant, be it a tree, a shrub, an herbaceous perennial or an annual, that you can use in all kinds of means, flavourings. You know, there's something which has a quality that is better than basic. So in this tea break tutorial, I'm going to talk you through how to cultivate some popular herbs in the ground and in containers. Now, my first memories of herbs, well, they're almost entirely connected with mint. I do remember up in Yorkshire, I grew up in Ilkley in the Yorkshire Dales in Wharfdale, and there was always mint on my granddad's allotment. And I started getting interested in gardening when I was very young. And our garden, our back garden, was across the back. So picture, if you like, a, a rather soot-laden, stone-built terrace house in Ilkley. It was not, my mother would tell me, a back-to-back, -back, most certainly not, because outside the back door there was a little back street. It was a, a track. And then across that back was the garden, the back garden. And there, at the age of 10, I decided I was going to have a little nursery. So I called it Corn Crake Nursery. I don't know why. I've never seen a corn crake before or since. Can I call it Corn Crake Nursery because it sounded suitably rural? And I built a little greenhouse of polythene. And alongside it, there was quite a lot of mint growing in a border. And you know what mint's like. It's rampant. It runs everywhere. Uh, so I thought, oh, I've got quite a lot of that. So I made a little sign for the, the gate underneath Corn Crake Nursery. And it said mint. A penny a bunch. And this was the start of my entry into commercial horticulture. <clears throat> well, I was away at school one day. And when I came back home, I went into the garden. All my mint had gone. It had all been dug up, disappeared. And I went into the kitchen. I said to my mum, all the mint's gone. She said, oh, yes, Mr Wright from the bottom of the road, who had a reputation for being terribly mean. He's been and he, he saw the sign on the gate that said, mint, penny a bunch. So I took his penny and I said, yeah, well, he's taken all my mint. So that was the end of my aspirations in commercial horticulture. <laughs> they all concern mint. So easy to grow, too easy, which is why we tend to plant it in a sunken bucket or a bottomless pot with the rim raised just two or three inches above ground level. And then you can spot the runners when they edge over the top of the pot and prevent it from taking over your entire border. The thing about mint is it is rampant if it gets away. I've just bought quite a new few varieties of mint. I've got one that says ginger mint, another one Spanish mint. I've got lime mint and, would you believe, banana mint. And it does, when you pinch the leaves a bit, it does smell of bananas, though some people swear it smells actually of pear drops. Anyway, I'm rather chuffed with that, but I've planted them all in sunken pots on my veg patch. Much has been written about the, the transformation of British cooking in the 1960s by the introduction of Mediterranean herbs. And it was in the 1960s, the late 1960s, that I had my first foreign holiday to, as we used to call it in those days, Majorca. <clears throat> Mallorca. 
That was late 60s. But those foreign holidays gave us a taste for the exotic Mediterranean herbs anyway. And people brought back all kinds of, well, memories and reminiscences. And if they didn't bring back the plants, which certainly now I wouldn't encourage anybody to do, bearing in mind pests and diseases coming into this country. Quick practical tip, don't do it. Don't put it in your sponge bag. Just look at what it is, write it down, and when you come back over here, order it. But it's those early holidays, you know, in the 60s, that sort of got us into using herbs to flavour food. And just as in the 1960s, olive oil moved out of the medicine cupboard into the kitchen. So herbs came back into vogue as our menus became more adventurous. And suddenly a lot of people started to think that herbs were things that came in cellophane packets in the supermarket, dry and dusty. Well, as we all know, if at all possible... Do try and use fresh herbs. Their flavours and their fragrances are so much stronger. And if you are buying herbs, then try and buy a fresh bunch. And you can buy these little pots of growing herbs from supermarkets and shops. And they'll tell you, do not try to grow this after you've cut it. Well, it's only so you go and buy more. Quite frankly, you can often plant them out in the garden and they do really well. So why should you grow herbs, well, apart from the reasons I've given you already? Well, it's economical to grow your own rather than buy it. It's environmentally friendly. And it does mean you don't have to keep going back to the supermarket and buying those potfuls and wasting them, many of them in plastic pots. We worry about plastics, don't we? As we should, there's too much of it you know, working its way into our environment, into those tiny little particulates. But when it comes to plastic pots, they're only a problem, you know, when you want to get rid of them. If you're looking after them and keeping them and reusing them and reusing them, then there's a problem. It's only when you come to throw them away that you find that plastics are a bit of a nuisance. So just take care, reuse, recycle your pots when you're growing herbs. If you're starting out growing herbs from scratch, the first step is to choose which ones to grow. There's a massive range out there now, so it's very easy to be overwhelmed and get overexcited, as I did with my varieties of mint. But I've got room for eight, so it's all right. Before you set foot in, in the nursery or the garden centre, and nurseries, particularly the specialist ones, and where herbs are concerned, there are several around, they really are worth patronising. Just think carefully what you want to use them for. With culinary herbs, think about your favourite dishes and choose the herbs you want and need to grow accordingly. My wife said to me the other day, I'm desperate for some dill. So, oh, right, it's a bit late to sow it, because I do like to grow my own from seed. So I went to the garden centre and I bought a couple of pots of dill and I put them in my little veg patch. And three days later, they'd gone. And I thought, oh, she obviously enjoyed using the dill until I saw the rabbit. Fact number one from this podcast, rabbits love dill. It never grew back. Grow the ones you love, as well as the rabbits. Things like Moroccan mint, which makes a reviving tea. Basil, everyone's favourite pizza top, and now with your tomatoes or your carrots. But there is no point in growing acres of tarragon just because it's a trendy kitchen staple. If your family refused to eat any dish that has the merest whiff of it, that said, 
One member of our family can't stand dill. You know, I'm beginning to wonder if there was some sabotage involved. Think about where you grow them. A lot of herbs are Mediterranean in origin, so they need plenty of sun and well-drained soil. That's almost de rigueur for nearly every herb. So if you've got a north-facing garden with heavy clay soil, you might be better off growing in containers or sinking containers of decent peat-free compost, loam-based really, rather than based on organic matter, into your ground, and that will just give them better sustenance than a multi-purpose peat-free compost. Uh, you can move them to find the sun as well if they're growing in pots on, on your patio or your terrace. Uh, use compost and horticultural grit or sand so that it's really free draining, but just make sure it's got that kind of oomph rather than being too light and fluffy. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. So what's in this group of well-drained soil and sun lovers? Thyme, oregano, or as they call it in the United States, oregano, uh, rosemary for a taste of the south, and the flowers of rosemary are loved by bees, hoverflies, wonderful pollinating plants that will also help to make sure you get a decent crop of beans. But not all herbs demand scorching sun. Things like coriander, best in moist soil conditions, and just a little dappled shade, which will encourage them to produce more leaves. And they're a lovely addition, coriander, to curries and Middle Eastern cooking. I also like nipping a leaf or two off and just chewing it. Wonderful. It takes you miles away, you know, when you're chomping on a leaf of coriander. And it's much safer than standing in an airport waiting for that flight that's meant to come. Move on, Alan. Um, rather than running to seed, uh, as they do in hot, dry conditions, those dappled shade conditions will suit coriander well. And mint as well. That quite likes to have damp earth and, and cooler conditions. So don't worry too much if your soil's a bit on the heavy side. It's unlikely that mint will worry too much, nor will it worry either in a little bit of shade. Now, with all kitchen herbs, now this sounds obvious, I know, but it's really important, grow them within easy reach of the kitchen door or on containers in windowsills, preferably outside, because in summer, if you're growing herbs in pots on a windowsill indoors, they get very tall and drawn. They're much better off outside, except for good old basil, which is just that little bit tender and prefers to grow on an indoor windowsill all year round. Don't stick it outside when it's too cold and chilly. It'll just go blue. Scented oils in herbs are released by rubbing the leaves. So plant your favourite aromatics like rosemary and lemon verbena and lemon balm, which has the lovely Latin name of Melissa, on the edge of paths where you can brush past it and you'll, oh, sometimes two or three feet when you've gone past it, oh, that was nice, what was it? And with rosemary and thyme, plant them where you can enjoy the sight of bees and butterflies fluttering around you. It's lovely to see the fact that you're doing your bit for our native wildlife. So here's my 
herbal hit list. The three I would never do without. Well, mint has got to be one of them, whichever kind of mint you have. Not just for mint sauce for lamb, but for mint tea. It's lovely, you know, to be able to go out and pull a few shoots off mint, stick them in a teapot, pour boiling water on, and have your very own mint tea. It's not just something for posh restaurants. You can do it in your back kitchen quite easily. I would never be without rosemary because I'm one of those people, I do like roast lamb. I think it will be the last joint I would give up. And laying sprigs of rosemary on top of roast lamb when you, as they used to say, slamming the lamb in the oven is glorious. And again, you've got a double use there. You can tie a sprig of it, a little bunch of it, underneath the hot tap on a bath when you're running the bath. And it will calm you down. And the other one I'd have, well, lavender, because not only is it good for pollinators in the garden, it's also good for making lavender bags. When the flowers are mature, you can cut the flowers off, allow them to dry and put the little dried flowers in muslin bags or little net bags to go in your drawers of <clears throat> smalls. Well, I have them in my smalls drawer. Um, I'm not going to say any more about the fragrance of my underwear, but it really is quite useful. You can find links to more information about herbs grow guides and how to use herbs in our plants pages at gardenersworld.com. So once you've grown your heavenly herbs, how do you store your pickings and preserve the taste for the winter months? Well, some of them will dry, marjoram, oregano, bay, lavender, and they will keep their fragrance. Parsley is quite good. If you drop sprigs of parsley into an ice cube tray and then fill it with water um, and freeze it, you can use those leaves. They're almost fresh when they come out because they haven't dried out. Once the, the ice has melted, there you are. You've instantly got parsley and drop it into soups and stews when you're cooking them. You can preserve herbs in oil. Basil, for instance, you can put into bottles of olive oil and it will impart its flavour to the oil. You can preserve them in vinegar, tarragon vinegar, which is often used. It's about the only thing we use with tarragon really, isn't it? I mean, we, we grow it and they're not quite sure what to do with it, but preserving it in vinegar it's really quite useful. Me, I try and cut as much as I can fresh. Rosemary, you see, is evergreen. You can use it all the way through the winter. Similarly, sage will usually keep a bit of, on, as will some chives. But generally speaking, try and make sure you've got plenty of supplies, either frozen or dried or in some other way imparted to your larder before the winter comes on. When it comes to seeds, I tend to measure on coriander for seeds. You can keep that. And of course, you can use coriander seeds in cooking. Don't you love that explosion of flavour you get when you crunch on a coriander seed in an Indian dish? It's kind of ooh, all those flavours and images coming out. And of course, you can also grow herbs in containers. Don't imagine if you haven't got a garden that you can't grow herbs. You can actually grow any plant in a container, provided, you remember, it might have a fairly limited life. And herbs are no exception. Don't expect that pot full of mint to keep on growing year after year because it will run out of nutrition. If I were you, I'd put a few new roots up of most herbs every spring, use them through that season, and then make sure you've got an additional supply for the following year. If you're kind to them, they'll be kind to you.
And you can plant herbs together. If you've got one large container, I wouldn't choose mint, because that'll force everything else out. But planting a coloured leaf sage, there are several of them. Purpurea is sort of purplish. Icterina is green and yellow. And putting that in a pot with a tall, wafty fennel plant, for instance, you'll suddenly be aware that you've got quite a colourful pot, as well as having one which is useful in the kitchen. Whichever container you use, do make sure it's got plenty of drainage holes in the bottom, that those holes won't get blocked up, put some gravel or grit in the bottom or some broken pots, crocks, to make sure the hole doesn't get blocked. And then use a compost which has got some soil in it rather than just complete multi-purpose, which is based on organic matter. They tend to quite like sharp drainage herbs. And by making sure there's soil and grit in the compost, you'll make sure that they get that. They don't need overfeeding. They don't need watering when they dry out, but they're quite good at going without for a day or so if you're away. Feeding a little, maybe once a month with a dilute liquid feed, that will do them absolutely fine. Common mistake people often make is to feed them too much, and then they grow fat and lush and fill the pot and Somehow that flavour isn't quite what it seemed it was in the Mediterranean. Well, when it comes to trade secrets verbs, I think I've given you most of them. I suppose my big one really is that people are always so shocked when I put basil in my carrots. Do try it. Give it a go. And if you've always felt that buying herbs in those little cellophane bags from the supermarket is an awfully expensive way of using them, I'd agree with you. Try growing your own. You can find little pots of them in nurseries and garden centres. Take them home, plant them out in the garden or in a container. You'll be astonished at how quickly they grow away. And there you are, you're instantly self-sufficient when it comes to herbs. Lovely plants. They look good. They taste good. And in the words of Bernard Miles in that old advert for a certain alcoholic drink, by golly, they do you good. So that's it for today's podcast. Grow some herbs to add some zing to your garden and some pizzazz to your cooking. From me, Alan Titchmarsh, until the next time, whatever the weather, enjoy your garden. You've been listening to Tea Break Tutorials with me, Alan Titchmarsh, produced by Lucy Ditchmont for BBC Gardener's World magazine.